Good morning, church. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Kyrie, for the prayer. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amidst all of the confusion and all of the drama and everything going on in our world today, it's nice to have a place to come upon the first day of the week. Well, you could just put all of that to the side and understand and know we serve a God who is alive. In him we live and we survive. Not have to be troubled and worried about what's going on in the world. Because our God is still sitting high, looking low. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And he's still in the saving business. Amen. In case some of you are in need of a savior, he's still in the saving business. Right. And he's still awaiting for you to make up your mind to give your life to him. Amen. This morning's lesson deals with our youth, but also just deals with all of us in general. I can remember a while back, I told you a story about a dog our family had years and years ago when I was a young boy. His name was Rex. I want to share a story with you in case you forgot about it. And if you remember it, just act like it's your first time hearing it. But Rex was a family dog. And I, when, I, when I say long time ago, I was 10, 11 years old. Rex was a boxer, but he was mixed. And he was considered just a good mutt. That's what he really was, a mutt. He was a dog mixed with different breeds. Yeah, yeah. But he was more boxer than anything. And Rex had a habit as... He grew older. Rex would leave home. The peculiar thing about the dogs we had, we hardly ever had to tie them up because they stayed in the yard. They wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Long as you didn't set foot on our property, you didn't have a problem. Yeah. But Rex, as he got older, Rex would disappear. And I can remember my brother and I, we would go to our dad and say, we haven't seen Rex in a day or two. He would just say, Ah, uh, he all right. He'll be back soon. And every now and then, Rex would come back all beat up and scars everywhere. Rex had been out there fighting, battling. And we would say, what in the world has he been doing? My dad would explain, probably been out there fighting over some other girl, dog, or whatever. And my, my dad would nurse Rex back to health. You know, wrap him up, bathe him down and everything. And several months would pass and Rex would disappear again. And we would say, we haven't seen Rex in a few days. He would say, he's just been a dog. Rex, after several days, would come back home. More battle scars. Just raggedy. And Rex would just come and lay by the porch. And of course, my dad, being the lover of animals as he was, he would nurse him back and take care of him and everything. And after several months or so, Rex would vanish again. But this time, 
after two or three days went by, week went by, we was dad, we haven't seen Rex. He said, well, he'll show up. Guess what? Unfortunately, Rex never came back home. And my dad went out looking and found Rex. Rex was dead. Rex fought his last battle out there in the streets. And you say, Brother May, what does that have to do with us? Don't be offended by what I'm getting ready to say. Some Christian folks are just like Rex. Yeah. 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 Some Christian folks are just like Rex. Rex kept pushing his luck. And what I, the message I want to relay today is, you know, you could go out there, but there's no guarantee you're going to make it back. Amen. Amen. And as I said, I, I want to focus this lesson particularly to our young people, but some of us older people can learn from this too. Yes, sir. Because see, sometimes we only see the church as a, as a, as a shelter when something goes bad in our lives. Something goes wrong in our lives. Then we want to Come back home like Rex. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as we feel like everything is going well. We don't see the need to support the mission of the church. We don't see the need of assembling on the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. We don't see the need of encouraging one another and being here as we should. Yeah. Because there are other things that we are interested in. In the world more than in the church. Right Rex pushed the envelope one time too many. And some of us, we're going to push the envelope one time too many. Because of God's abundant mercy, because of his abundant grace, we tend to take advantage and believe that we can just keep doing what we want to do. Bringing shame on the church and only using the church as a means of when we come to a rough time in our lives and we drag ourselves back up in here looking for compassion, understanding, and love. And don't get me wrong, that's what the church is about. The church is a place of love, compassion. It's a rehab. Yeah. Yeah. But the church is not a place for you to abuse. Amen. Amen. If you have a bulletin, there's an article on the front. And it, the question is, when will we stop the youth exodus? When will we stop the youth exodus? Because this is a, this is a grave concern of mine. Because I did some reflecting over the past several days and you know I was thinking about man what has happened to all of our youth that has grown up in the church and you look around and guess what 
they're no longer supporting members of the body of Christ anymore. What happened? It's like a slow train wreck. You can't stop watching. For 18 years, a young person attends your local congregation and is present every Sunday. But then they leave home. Take the high dive into the world. And slowly start to live a life that does not reflect Christ. And sadly, they appear to love this new life of worldliness. Their clothes get more immodest. Amen? Amen. Their social media posts get more immoral. Amen? Amen. Their language becomes less about him, talking about Jesus, and more about themselves. And little by little, you watch as this once faithful person begins to embrace sin. The question I ask this morning, why? Why are we not better grounding our young people to run away from worldliness and run toward holiness? Why do we sit idly by and assume this is just a phase everyone must go through? Why do we no longer blush? Question, why do we no longer blush? Why is it okay for a 20-year-old to dishonor the bride of Christ publicly through social media and no one does anything about it? Why do we act like souls are not at stake? Could it be their hearts were never turned toward God in the first place? Sure, they wanted to get baptized and sure, they wanted to avoid the fires of hell. But they never put on the new man. They never agreed to be a servant or slave to Christ. In other words, they want the French benefits, but they didn't want the commitment. Yes, they wanted salvation and forgiveness, but they did not want him as a Lord over their lives. They simply wanted a comfortable Christianity that still allowed them to live as they wanted to live. To my parents here this morning, it's time, parents. It's time, church leaders. It's time, Christians. To take a serious look at the hearts of our young people and ask, who is on the throne of your heart? Is it a video game? Let me ask again. Is it a video game? Is it themselves? Is it a boyfriend or girlfriend? Is it theater, football, or maybe even band? Is it high grades and honor roll? 
Is it being popular or having the right phone? Or is it Jesus Christ? How many more will we watch fall away before we realize that something needs to be done? Amen. Now let me back up in this article. They wanted salvation and forgiveness. But they did not want him as Lord over their lives. Jesus said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, but you won't do the things that I say. They simply wanted a comparable Christianity that still allowed them You wear the name, but everything else is in contrast to what Christianity represents. And I want to address, just for a couple of minutes, several issues that we brought out in this reading. Who is on the throne of your heart? Video games. We have video game technology has taken over the parental role of parents. Amen. And some of us as parents, we're buying these games, don't have the faintest idea what's on these games. And they're sitting up in your house playing these games, watching these games, and defiling their minds in your house. Yeah. And you choose to walk around and talk about how holy you are. That's not possible. That's not possible. So, is it video games more than Jesus? You think about it. Some of us. Have invested so much in our children to be better than others. That some kids worship themselves and some parents worship their children. Because I want them to have more than what I have. I want them to aspire and be more than I ever was. But you know what? What good is all of that? What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? And lose his soul. What will it profit that young person without Jesus in their lives? Right. Right. Or I think I'm a park on the next one. Right. Is it a boyfriend or girlfriend? Hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. The Bible outlines and teaches us who we are. A royal priesthood. A chosen generation. Peculiar people. Chosen by God himself. Right? That we might praise him and worship him and glorify him. And it was God who so loved the world that he provided the ultimate perfect sacrifice. Sin sacrifice that we could be reconciled back unto him through his son, Jesus Christ. 
to be called out of darkness into the marvelous light. But yet we allow our children under the roof of our homes to go back into the darkness and affiliate, date, and develop relationships with all kind of unbelievers and heathens. And we sit quietly and say nothing. Maybe, maybe in my study, and maybe I'm missing something. But my understanding of studying from the Old Testament to the New, under the Old, God told Israel, don't go out there and mess with those other nations. They're going to turn your heart away from me. You say, well, Brother May, that's the Old Testament. Well, the New Testament still esteems us as being special people. Amen. Set apart. Yeah. Called out. Yeah. So why would we want to go indulge back into darkness when we have been called into the marvelous light? Amen. Amen. Well, I, I can only come up with one reason. There's something old folks in the darkness is doing that turn us on in our flesh. And it handicaps us, it cripples us from growing spiritually because before you know it, if you don't leave the church, if they don't pull you out of the church, oh, they're making your life miserable. Because they don't love God the way you're supposed to love God. Amen. And if you loved God the way you're supposed to love God, you wouldn't be entertaining yourself with the unbelievers. Amen. That's right. Well, let, let, me, let me make it clear. Our parents would get a backbone and tell our sons and daughters, look, hey, I understand that's a nice person and all of that, but you know what? They're going to turn your heart from God. Amen. If they're not willing to accept the authority of Christ and believing that there's only one body, yeah. that there's only one church, yeah. and that his word is the final authority on all matters, why do you need them in your life? Amen. But what has happened to that in the Christian's Households today. We encourage our daughters. To date. And we push them out there to date devils. We push them out there to date guys who don't have Christ in their heart. And let's be honest. Most guys are going to be guys. And they only want one thing. And you sit there at home as if you don't understand that. Well, I don't want them upset with me. They have a soul. 
See, that's, that's, that's where the whole problem begins. We're looking at things, we're calling ourselves Christians, but we're not looking at things from the spiritual realm. Amen. That's it. I care about your soul. Yeah. Yeah. I care the less about all this other stuff. I care about when you close your eyes, where you're going to spend eternity. Amen. And guess what? Young people die too. Yes, they do. God has charged you and I as parents to hold our children accountable. Amen. That, that's why in the word of God, it teaches us. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Yeah. That your days might be what? Longer. It might be longer. Yeah. Yeah. Children look at parents and say, you just old-fashioned. You're trying to hold me up from being great and you're trying to keep me from doing what I want to do. No, I'm like a guardrail on a dark cliff yeah. on the side of the road. My job is to keep you from going over the side. Amen. And right now, you just don't have enough sense to know I'm trying to save your life. Amen. But parents, you got to get a backbone. Amen. Because that's why we see children walking away from the church yeah. when they leave home. Yeah. Yeah. See, the word of God the word of God can't lie. Amen. It said train up a child in the way in which he should go. And when he's what? Older. He won't depart from it. See, what, what we're doing, what we're supposed to be doing as parents, even in these fallouts, even, I, I, I don't like to use the term arguing, arguing with children. Shouldn't be no arguments with children. Amen. But what, we're, what we are supposed to be instilling in them yeah. is a conscience. Amen. And when we instill that conscience, and that conscience is, is instilled through the word of God. Yeah. So that when they get older and even they have the desire to want to do what's wrong, they got something to say, you know, you know that ain't right. When they want to lay up and shack with a boyfriend or girlfriend, yeah. their conscience beat them to death. Yeah. Yeah. When they want to be out there acting crazy and carrying on everything, their conscience will beat them down. Yeah. When they try to hang out with folks who they shouldn't be hanging out with, they don't even fit in. Yeah. Why? Because something has been instilled in them. But if we're going to neglect as parents instilling this into our children as they grow older, you understand why when they leave home, the church isn't anything they care about. Amen. That's why it's so easy for the world to take hold to them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you haven't given them a conscience. Amen. Is it a boyfriend or girlfriend? But mom, I, I, 
everybody else to do it. I don't care about everybody else. You don't have, you don't have what it takes to be getting out there, getting emotionally involved, talking about a boyfriend and a girlfriend. And especially the way some children are brought up in this society. Let me tell you, the streets have taught them and the streets will turn your son or daughter out. What, what did Samson's parents tell him? Son, can't you find somebody among your own? In other words, he was saying, man, look within the camp. At least we know how the folks are being raised among your own. But Samson said, no, no, no. She's pleasing unto my sight. I got to have her. I want her. And what did it, what did it end up bringing Samson? Death. What does it usually end up bringing our young ladies or our young men? Spiritually death and poverty. Pregnancies. Just disrupt everything, the order of which God have put things to be. We just go and disrupt everything. Now, a young lady, they get pregnant. Now they got a baby by this guy. Now all of a sudden you can't stand it. Young man, you get the young lady pregnant, and you know what? Then, how, why is it? It's not until after you have had sex with her, you realize, and you find out she's pregnant. I really don't care for her as much as I thought. It's not until she says I'm pregnant, then all of a sudden you realize, I really don't love her, no. But as long as I keep saying it and she don't say she's pregnant, oh, I'm enjoying this. And now you got somebody involved in your life. You said you don't love, you don't like, she can't stand you, you can't stand her. And now an innocent child is caught up in the middle. But it's a step worse than that. Yeah. And you call yourself Christians. So what what picture does this paint about the church? Well, I'm mature enough. I don't believe there's a parent sitting in here in their right mind who really believe any child when they say, I'm mature enough to deal with a boyfriend and girlfriend at these young ages. You just don't have the backbone to say, that's not what's going to happen 
in this house. So why is there such a mass exodus of young people from the church? Because Christ never was the grounding factor in their lives in the beginning. And if they weren't grounded in Christ, why would you expect them to remain in Christ? Rex didn't have enough sense to know he had it made at home. He had an owner that loved him, fed him, took care of him, provided somewhere for him to sleep and stay. But there was something out in those streets Rex kept going back looking for. And it caused Rex his life. The scripture text that we read in Luke 15, the story that we're all familiar with, the prodigal son. This young man was just like Rex. He heard the world calling. He heard the world calling saying, come on, man, come on. Quit hanging around your folks. Come on, it's a better life out here. You're missing out. And he went unto his father and said, give me what's rightfully mine. And his father gave unto him his portion. And as the text outlined and said, he went out and he lived some riotous living. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. One translation said, he, he, he parted, he lived with the harlots. Uh-huh. Found friends he never imagined he could ever have, <clears throat> long as he had something. Amen. But one day, a famine came. And the goods that he once had, he didn't have anymore. And he looked around the friends that he thought he once had. They weren't there anymore. Folks, he found himself hungry. Literally, he found himself hungry. And that's, to me, boy, that's one of the worst feelings in the world, to get hungry. But it got to be even worse. See, I've had some instances where I've gotten hungry, but all I needed to do was go home and eat. Uh It's a different story when you're hungry and you've got nowhere to go. And the Bible said, he got hungry. He was so hungry. That he entertained the thought to eat what the hogs. What they ate. And you you don't have to be from a farm to understand how nasty 
how nasty it is where hogs are slopped. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible said he entertained that thought. Yeah. But then, but then, mm. but then, he came to himself. Yeah. Say, man, how many hired servants does my father have back home? They're not living like this. And I can just go home and I'll just ask my father to be accepted back as a hired servant. I don't have to be a son. Man, I just need some help. I just need some help. First of all, I need some food. Man. And the Bible said that he rehearsed in his mind of, you know what? Man, I, I, I can't do this with these hogs. First of all, a Jewish boy had no business out there around a hog anyway. Man. I can't do this with these hogs. I tell you what, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to tell my father I have sinned against him. I've sinned against God. Accept me back as a servant. See, the beautiful part about this story, God gave him time to to come back. But in every scenario, Young folks, you don't make it back. In every scenario, you don't make it back. See, you you can go out there, and not just young folks, some of you older folks too. See, you could go out there, and and you can just hit one, one joint, one synthetic joint, laced with the wrong stuff. Yes, sir. And it's over. You can come in contact with the wrong person. Who's laced something, whether it's fentanyl or something else, and you can die just like that. You could be riding with somebody who's thinking is altered from drinking or smoking them. Guess what? That's going to be your last ride. You could be out there fooling around. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. See, men, men, you meet this young lady. You meet this young lady. Say, you married? No, I'm just separating. No, you marry. That's right. That's right. Oh, I'm legally separated. No, you marry. Amen. So you, based on what she said, you know what? She fair game. She's out, right? You see, hey, this might be a good hit right here. But guess what? That husband of hers 
don't feel that they separated. He still feels and believes, this is my wife. And let me tell you something. You read the news just like I have. He ain't going to kill her first. He's going to kill you. Because what he's distraught about is, why are you messing with my wife? Amen. Amen. And it goes vice versa. Yes, sir. Man said, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm separated. No, you're married. And women will kill just like men will. Amen. But if you had stayed among your own, on out, right? you had not been out there. Amen. See, that could have been a death sentence you could have avoided. Amen. See, we just don't want to call things like they are. God designed the church a special way. The church is the ecclesia, the called out, the set apart. It's not supposed to be for us who have been delivered out of darkness into the marvelous light to go back into darkness. Even as Christians evangelizing, we don't go back into darkness to evangelize. We call people to come out of darkness. You don't have sex with somebody to prove your love for Christ for them. Amen. You have sex with them, then talk about, well, you're going to come to church with me now. For what? <laughs> you're proving right. who you are and what you are. Amen. And that go men and women. And I'm saying, what kind of examples are we offering the young people? I ask today, you as parents with children, get a backbone. Get a backbone. Not because I said, get a backbone to save the life of your child or your children. Get a backbone to save the integrity of the church. Get a backbone to stand up so that the church will have some children, some people who develop into young adults and grown adults with some integrity. And we don't have to always look at the fact when they finish high school and they go out to college, we don't ever see them again. Or the only thing we ever hear about them is bad news after that. I said, stand up. Stand up and be Christian parents. Stop allowing the reputation of the church to be smeared. 
They don't get grounded when they are at home. When do you expect them to become grounded? My dad used to say, you could bend a twig when it's young and tender. He said, but boy, when that twig gets older, ain't, no, ain't much bending in it. You mess around, you got to break it. So Brother May, what you mean by that? See, when your children are younger, you have more influence and control over them. Amen. But see, as time progresses, they're going to get older. Yes, sir. And see, there will come a time when you try to tell them, and they're going to tell you, you ain't going to tell me nothing. Amen. See, now it comes to the point, it's going to get ugly. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. going to be heartbreaking or you just going to back down in your own house ought not to be so that's all I have for you today